In today's episode of Watch Time, we'll be talking again with Megan Early, Marketing Communication Manager with Fatheads Brewery. We'll be talking about some large marketing strategies and tactics and how they can apply to small businesses. So stick around. You're listening to Watch Time, supercharged video marketing tips for the savvy small business owner and the modern mid-market professional with Flex Media's Kathy Zip and Bill Barona. Welcome back to Watch Time. I'm Kathy Zip. And I'm Bill Barona. The world of marketing can sometimes be a confusing place. There's so many different strategies available from your traditional marketing to digital marketing, video marketing, and beyond. So one of the reasons why we do this podcast is because we're trying to help small business owners and marketing professionals really get a better grasp on video marketing. However, once in a while, we also love to take an episode and just explore a little bit more beyond just video marketing. So in today's episode, we're going to dive into the whole world of marketing and try to give you some basic tactics that larger companies and brands are using and tell you how you can use those tactics to apply to your small business. So to help us with this topic, we've invited our friend Megan Early, Marketing and Communications Manager with Fatheads Brewery, one of our favorite places, back to the show to help us shed some light on this topic. So welcome back, Megan. I'm glad to have you on the podcast again. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Hey, Megan, we're so excited to have you back on. For those of you that haven't listened to episode number seven, Pivoting Your Brand to Meet the Demands of a Crisis, I highly encourage you to go check out that episode. Megan, you did a great job helping shed some light on what Fatheads was doing at the beginning of the pandemic in order to switch gears and engage your customers and meet their demands. I'll make sure to put the link in the show notes for everyone listening. That way you can make sure to check out the episode in case you don't want to go back and try and find it. But as for today's topic, Megan, I'm really excited. I feel that there's so much information out there about marketing and so many buzzwords that get used constantly, such as content marketing and email marketing, print marketing, video marketing, so on, that it can get really confusing for our business owners. So once again, we're here to really pick your brain and find out what types of things you're doing at Fatheads and maybe how those strategies can even apply to smaller businesses. I think you have a unique perspective because not only are you running the marketing communications for a larger brand, but in the past, you've told us that you've owned your own small business and you've worked for a larger brand in Cleveland area, the Cleveland Independent Film Festival. So if you could, Megan, for everybody that's listening to the podcast, and maybe they haven't listened to episode seven, or um, maybe they don't know that much about you, could you give us a little bit of background and maybe how you got started in marketing and some position, different positions you've held um, at different jobs in that? Yeah, Absolutely. So um, I went to school at Ohio University and I graduated with a degree in English creative writing, um, which a lot of people question and are like, what, what can you possibly do with that? Um, but now, now in retrospect, I really love it because the options are honestly endless. Um, so from OU, I graduated during the recession, which was awesome. So it made it a little bit challenging to obtain a job. And I sort of worked my way up um, through Victoria's Secret uh, worked at a couple different stores. And uh, one of the things that hit me while I was working for Victoria's Secret is that um, they, they didn't necessarily have products for every woman. So not just um, a variety of sizes, but just women who are undergoing uh, breast cancer, for instance. And it just always it just tugged on the heartstrings, I guess you could say, when a woman would come in after having a mastectomy, wanting to feel glamorous, wanting to feel good, and we didn't have something that would work for them. So then let's take it back to when my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer, it just kind of all came full circle. And from my experience with her battle with cancer, I decided to open up a store, which is also a leap of faith and something kind of scary, but I encourage people to do it too. Um, and so the store is called M of Hope. It's basically hope from my perspective, my, my name being Megan, and then for my mom, so M of Hope kind of uh, ties together. But it was a store for um, women that were going through breast cancer treatment. It was a store to kind of give them hope, um, had a variety of products such as bras. I was working on getting um, my, uh, I guess you could say license to be able to sell prosthetics. And um, it just kind of evolved. It was a brick and mortar store. And then I also had an online store at the same time. And then when I closed my brick and mortar, I kept my online store open for about two years. And I saw that Fatheads was, um, had an opening for a marketing position. And uh, I actually worked with them for one of my events at my store. 
and I kind of felt um, it, it was a, it was a great opportunity to apply and try and see if I could possibly obtain this job, and I did, which was awesome. And so that's kind of where I am. A quick little backstory of how I came to be at Fatheads. I think one thing that's really interesting, like as I was listening to you talk and and just thinking about like how you're saying you came out of OU and it was kind of the recession at that point. And then you had started, you know, you'd worked for Victoria's Secret and then you'd started the store and even going to Fatheads now. I think it's really interesting when I look at millennials that have had that opportunity to work during the original recession just because of everything going on right now. I feel like the perspective has shifted a little bit. So I mean, and the reason I bring that up is I'm just thinking about people that are listening that if you are, you know, um, somebody that was working during that time, like you are used to being in a position where, you know, the tactics are kind of, you know, they're all over the place because right now, you know, what might work might have worked last year that might not work now. And then what might work this year might not work next year. But I think it's the resiliency that you've experienced, in my opinion, that I think gives you the ability to shift marketing gears like you guys have had done in the past at Fatheads, like you'll probably do in the future, and even with your store. So I just wanted to point that out. I think that's a really great thing. And I think it's it's helped maybe even build your experience, you know, to another different level than maybe somebody who's maybe a little younger or hasn't experienced that. Oh, well, thank you. That's so nice to say. And, you know, it's it's definitely true. I think you, we've sort of discussed this before we even started um, the podcast, too. But it's it's funny because I'm somebody that likes a plan and especially now more than ever, there's, there's no plan, but then at the same token, that sort of allows you to be creative and to kind of dive into something to keep testing the waters and, and see what works for your brand. And that's one thing that I think I, I like what you just said. They're like testing the waters. Cause I feel like that's definitely like a marketing thing to do that. I think so many, I think entrepreneurs and business owners that maybe aren't in marketing don't really think about is it really is a test. Like, we have so many clients that come to us that go, how can I do X, Y, Z? And I always say, well, you're not going to like the answer, but you're going to have to test and see whether or not this works or that works. And we kind of have to make a plan from there. So I think that the fact that you even said like testing the waters, I think that just really, I, I think hits the nail on the head. So anybody listening, if you don't learn anything from this episode and only learn one thing, like if you're like too busy driving and tuning out, just make sure you test what you're doing. Like, I feel like that's a very, very important thing that you just brought up. So I just wanted to jump on that and highlight it. Yeah, it's all about trial and error. I really, really believe that. And it's it's so funny too, because even from M of Hope to Fat Heads, it's, you know, things that work for M of Hope do not work for Fat Heads and vice versa. It's, it's honestly just trying and seeing what works and not being afraid to be knocked down or kind of what you said, being resilient and just keep trying because you don't know until you try. <laughs> yeah. So let's, let's talk about some of those differences. And, and so maybe we can talk about, you know, what did work well with M of Hope and then we can move in into Fathead. So to, again, two different, very different things, you know, and I know that a lot of our listeners do have brick and mortar stores and, you know, so, so what are some, marketing strategies that work best for that brick and mortar store um, to, to bring people in and really, you know, get them excited and, and, and just aware of your store? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. You know, it was, it was tough. Um, nobody knew who I was or knew what the store was. So kind of getting to uh, get that message out there and, and explaining what it is in a thoughtful way that also wasn't super lengthy because I know that you know, everybody's busy. Um, you you kind of want to just quickly get their attention. So one of the things that um, I did to kind of get my store out there is I went um, to hospitals with flyers and dropped off marketing information to let them know that I was there just thinking, you know, you're in the waiting room. Um, I was in that waiting room with my mom before and there's so many thoughts and just different things that go through your head. So kind of seeing like the brochures that I saw and remembered seeing, and then like, I kind of wanted to do the opposite because I wanted it to be more uplifting and I wanted it to grab people's attention, but make them feel comfort. Uh, so sort of, um, I, I like to observe and see things and see what I can do to kind of, I don't want to ever say make it better, but just make it better for my, my own brand or for my the messaging I want to get out to the customer. So that was one thing I did to kind of start getting the word out. Um, and then honestly, uh, social media was a huge, huge help too. And then even networking, like it, it's kind of funny because I was just talking about this with a friend too. Like, I feel like I, 
I didn't sleep ever with my store because I was constantly trying to do different things. And then I guess in retrospect, I wonder if that was the best idea entirely just because I might not have in the very, very beginning of my company realized like if it, if something worked, I wouldn't have noticed it because I was so busy trying to make things work, if that makes sense. Sure, sure. You were you were too busy testing to analyze your results, I guess exactly. is how we would say going back <laughs> to the testing thing. But that's a very, I'm sure, very common thing with, you know, a small business owner. You kind of have to be everywhere at once and constantly thinking ahead while you're also trying to run the store. Um, so yeah, you, you touched about, you know, and, and first of all, what I liked about what you said was that, you know, you were talking about um, going back to when, you know, you were actually in that situation with your mom in the waiting room and like really understanding what really some of your potential customers experiences were so that you could reach them in a way, you know, that would, would be acceptable and relatable to them. And, and that's hard because it's, it's a very vulnerable time that they're in too. So, you know, you, you had that experience of, of being in that waiting room um, and I think that's important, even if you haven't been in your customer shoes, you know, thinking about what their what their parent pain points are, what they care about, what their needs are, um, is really something uh, to to help you in your marketing strategies. Um, and then you talked about networking too. So can you talk about some of the events you would do outside of your store? Like, for example, the event you did with Fat Heads, and you know, just to give people an example of what that looked like for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so. October, obviously, is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and uh, because I opened the store before my mom, I always wanted to come up with a campaign to kind of get the message out uh, and also sort of do it in, a, I guess you could say, a Megan-like way, just a very unique type of situa situation, I guess you could say. Um, so, for instance, my first year that I had the store, I came up with a shirt called Check Your Boobs, and it was a cute little ghost with hard eyes, and I was nervous because, I mean, you're putting the word boobs on a shirt and you don't know how people are going to really respond to that, if they're going to like it or sort of be turned off. But it was honestly successful, which was exciting. And there, again, is the whole trial and error. I'm not sure if they're going to be into the idea. And so the next year, I kind of developed an idea from The Wizard of Oz. So there was like um, the Cowardly Lion uh, he wanted courage. So I made a shirt like, what's your superpower? And each different character represented a different superpower. And then my um, third year, I did Save the Brubies. So I, I realized especially, like I wanted to connect with men because men are at risk for breast cancer as well. And how do you have a conversation about breast cancer to make it or make who you're talking to comfortable and want to engage without feeling uh, just awkward. So what better way than over a beer? Um, so I reached out to several Cleveland breweries to see if they'd be interested in having a brewby tour, I called it. Um, so I, I believe there were five total breweries that participated and I kind of created a map of where to go. And if you went to all of the tours and kind of stopped by to see me, you got like a star. And then if you went to all of them, you got a a grand prize. So reached out to different companies and they all sort of donated a gift basket of some sort, but you know, it was all to get a conversation going about breast cancer and about, do you know the um, symptoms? Do you know how to do a self-exam? Are you doing a self-exam? And then at the same token, it turned into a fundraiser. So we raised money for a local nonprofit called Ears to You, which they give earrings and scarves and uh, head wraps to women undergoing breast cancer. So it kind of was like a conversation and then a way to network and then also a way to, to give back. I love that. I still have a Save the Rubies koozie <laughs> that is, is beautiful and pink and I love it. Um, <laughs> but I, th I think that's great, you know, just to kind of sum up, you know, what you were saying, it seems is, you know, a really important point is, is um, being able to partner with other businesses um, to increase awareness of, you know, what you're doing and really just strengthen, you know, your, um, do, doing events and things that would be um, hard to do, you know, on your own and really benefiting everybody. So that's great. Um, and then, so you also had the online portion of your business. Can you talk about why you chose to do the online portion in addition to the brick and mortar store and then like what worked well there and what didn't? Yeah, absolutely. So there was a couple different reasons why I wanted to have the online presence. The one is just thinking of my customer base. And um, if you're going through chemo or radiation, you might not really want to go out in public or you might not feel well enough to. Um, also, just based on location, it, uh, it might not be the closest to the hospital that maybe you're 
having treatment at. So it was important in my eyes that, and also I'm not gonna lie, I tend to always gravitate towards online shopping, which I hate that I'm admitting that just because you wanna support your mom and pops, but I, I admit to being guilty there. But anyways, I wanted just that convenience factor for customers. And then I also know that a lot of times people want to help out when someone's going through a really difficult time. So I kind of uh, created a wish list on my website. So you can, uh, if you were going through a treatment, you could uh, shop products that would best help you. And then you could just email it to people that were asking, how can I help? And then they could order it and makes it just a little bit more convenient for, for the person that was going through something. So what, what worked well there, you know, do people respond to that? Did that wish list, you know, work well and, and, and what maybe wasn't as effective or a lesson that you learned there? Yeah. So the, the wish list definitely did help, but I can honestly say that the in-person sales were a little bit more impactful and helpful to my business than online. And I think it honestly is because you're getting that experience that, I so badly just kind of not bashed, but just saying that I don't always have time to go into stores. Um, The people that came in to visit, they got more than just just going to a store and shopping for something. They got helpful tips. They were provided um, comfort and empathy and they were able to talk to someone, which I think with my particular business, that's helpful because people just want to vent and get something off their chest. Uh, So I I don't think that I spent as much time as I could have on my online portion just because I was sort of giving more of my attention into the in-person store effect. So is it safe to say too, just listening to everything you were kind of talking about, like look, thinking about your, your um, online store versus even like your brick and mortar, it sounded like you did a lot of like, um, besides social media, you did like a lot of like grassroots, like I, I guess I would call it like style marketing, like you got out there you try to connect with people, used a lot of empathy, which I, I think is great. I, my personal opinion, and this is just mine, and this is from the video perspective, I feel like empathy is one of the number one tools you can have in your marketing tool belt because it really helps you understand where people are coming from. And it sounded like, you know, you not only understood because of, of your mom, but then also like getting a chance to talk to other people and understanding like, you know, like the online store, like these pe- some of these people might not want to come in. So, you know, having that understanding. So is that fair to say like a lot of that was like kind of like um, I'd say like grassroots, like getting out there, knocking on doors, like type marketing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would definitely say that that was what I did with Emma Pope. Okay. Did you use anything like, and just out of, and you might not have, and if you haven't, it's no big deal. But like, I, I think, cause I know I've been in your store when you had your store. And, um, I think one thing that was really unique, um, to your store that I know my wife loved. And we, one of the things she loved going in there for was you had this like beautiful, like selfie wall that you could come in and like take, uh, photos and that. So it like made it more interactive. Did you see like a lot of people like coming in taking pictures and posting it and then like tagging their location? Like, was that kind of any helpful? Yes, that definitely, that, that definitely was really helpful um, because, yeah, they, they would see it. They would stop and sort of smile. It sometimes might have taken a little bit of encouragement to tell them, like, you should definitely take a, a picture. But it helped because it, it showed um, people and customers of, of all different types, someone that's going through treatment, someone that's just, you know, wanting to be a supporter or a caregiver. Um, and then they would share their picture and it was just, it's a nice memory too. I mean, I, I love every so often going back on uh, to the, my social media pages and seeing those little, those little moments, but that, um, that part of social media really, really did help too, because I think if you were nervous to come in, perhaps you saw one of those images or a picture of a customer and you weren't as scared to come into the store and sort of see what it was about. And another thing too, I wanted to touch on, and then I'm not sure if you use this was, um, outside of the, like the photo wall, did you use any video? Did you use any live video, anything to try and like maybe show off like, um, things that you had in the store? Um, I, I think, and correct me, like if I'm wrong on the time frame, but you had like monthly events too, like, was yes. that something that you would try and use any type of video? Cause just trying to tie it back into the video aspect, like any type of live video or anything like that to help show those things off. Yes. And I definitely, even with coming into fatheads too, I definitely think that video is a great, great way to get your messaging out of, of any sort, whether it's a product or um, your brand or your company. I think because I've, the older I'm getting, the more I'm sort of learning that even the written word can be perceived in many, many different ways. So you can write something, but you're not getting that experience. So when you have a video of what the event was or 
or what the store is all about. People can see that and actually kind of, it, it, it makes you connect a little bit more with it. Um, so I, I did do some Facebook lives uh, whenever I did a monthly event called Beautiful is Bald, which just um, was a, a complimentary pampering event for women going through treatment. And there was henna and a makeup artist and um, a hairstylist that if you needed your head shaved, they would shave your head for you, a masseuse and just different aspects of it. And um, it was really nice that I had dear friends that would come in and, and everybody offered their services, which was something just so beautiful too. Uh, but some people did take video of it. So it was nice to kind of have that story. So again, if you were curious about the event, but not sure if you wanted to come to it, it sort of helped to show you what it really was all about. That's great. I think that's one thing that video does do a great job of is really kind of taking, like you said, like with the written word, like you could write a blog about what happened or you could take photos. But I think actually being able to like take that guesswork out, like you're there, like, or, you know, whether it be live or whether it be you see the live later on and you're getting this inside look and then you realize like, oh, okay, that's what's going on there. Or, oh, I saw so-and-so, they were there. So maybe I should go check that out. So I think that that's a, a great tool that you Absolutely. Used. Yeah. So segueing from M of Hope and, you know, now you've, you've done the, the Save the Brewbies and you've gotten a chance to like work with these different breweries and you had an opportunity to uh, meet with Fatheads and you applied for the, the marketing position over there. Um, let's shift and maybe talk a little bit about um, some of the marketing strategies that you have used at Fatheads and you're currently using. You know, wh what does that look like? Is it uh, still like grass grassroots type marketing? Is it more social media? Is it um, more paid marketing? Things like that. Sure. So Fatheads is definitely more um, social media than needing to sort of uh Go, go out there and, and connect with people. Um, and I don't mean that in a braggy way. <laughs> I just realized I kind of sounded that way, not at all. Um, but social media is definitely a great way to connect kind of with even the Save the Brewbies event. The craft beer community is just so special because everybody is supportive and kind and wants to talk about beer. And um, it, you know it's competitive, but not so much at the same token because it's just a love and passion for, for beer. Um, so it's been really exciting to kind of have customer engagement and being able to talk with customers on social media or answer their questions or um, hear even like where they love enjoying their favorite Fatheads beer at. So social media is definitely one of our go-tos to get messaging out. One thing I have to add to this, I know I mentioned it in episode seven when we talked to you and I have to mention it again because like I just think that it's it's amazing. It's a compliment to you and, and what you do your social media is so responsive. Like I have talked to larger companies, smaller companies, and they don't get back to you for like a day or two. And it's like you post something about fatheads or if you message fatheads, it, I mean, it doesn't matter. Like you, it's like, I honestly think I'm like, I don't think Megan sleeps. She just like <laughs> answers people's questions all the time. Oh, you're very, very kind again. I will admit, so this can go on the record too. I've been trying to take Sundays to turn it off. So lately, like you say that and that's so nice, but I bet if someone's listening, they're like, well, I wrote yesterday and it's like, I'll get to you, I promise. Well, I think that's okay. I feel like Sunday is like one of those things that it's like, you know, and even Saturday, I mean, it's interesting because like there's times like we'll have clients that'll send us emails or they'll need something and it'll come like on a Friday and, I'm, and like I'll take... Saturday and Sunday to do things around the house, or I'm trying to work on like developing strategy for the business, or I'm trying to work on like getting a chance to like read or do something that like, I guess makes me a better business owner or a better marketer, or just even a better person. And like, I'm always freaking out. I'm like, oh my gosh, two days have gone by. But like nine times out of 10, I very rarely see a client. And I feel like people are, are probably the same way where they're like, oh, well, Saturday and Sunday, we really weren't expecting you to get back to us until like, you know, Tuesday or Wednesday with this. So I feel right. like even if somebody was like, oh, I messaged on Sunday, it's like, yeah, it's like, well, you message a business on Sunday, even if they are open. It's like, what do you expect? Right. No, that's that's a good point. <laughs> so, I mean, and you got to take some time for yourself, especially with as much as you're doing with everything there. Um, so I guess one thing to think about, too, just even outside of um, and it can be social media related and maybe maybe it's not. Maybe it's. Um, different type, maybe it's print marketing, things like that. But do you use a different strategy to sell beer, maybe outside of the beer hall, like at the different stores and stuff like that versus like people coming into the beer hall? And I guess adding on to that, because um, you guys have multiple locations. So do you use a different strategy for other locations as well? 
Yeah, great, great question. So uh, I guess kind of to give you a, an example of what's going on right now, um, every year we come up with a, or we develop a seasonal calendar. So it kind of gives customers uh, something to look forward to of, of their favorite beer and when it should be released. Um, and then comes 2020 and the pandemic. So <laughs> there were a lot of things we had to do to alter our commitment to the customers, which um, is kind of scary because again, like the craft beer community, they hold you to what you put on that calendar. And they're kind of like, for example, they want to know when their hop juju is coming out because it was supposed to come out. And again, things got shifted. Um, so to kind of reach outside of our actual locations and to kind of connect with a customer um, in the grocery store or at bars and to kind of give bars right now support to, um, we've been trying to come up with uh, specialty beers that you know we may have not canned in the past or um, beers that we usually don't distribute and we're, we're bringing them back in. Uh, so Hop Stalker, you know, we put on the seasonal calendar, it's draft only, but then last week, surprise, you get it in 12 ounce cans and four packs that are available for wherever you could find Fathead's beer. Um, so we're trying to think of different ways to kind of just really help um, drive customers to the grocery store. Also, I think people still might be a little bit more on the fence about whether or not they want to go to a restaurant necessarily. So having the ability to get product that is different for us that we might not usually have and get it into the grocery store, which you have to go to the grocery store. You, you, you need to make that trip. And, um, and then seeing that as like a surprise and delight, it's been fun because it's been really neat to see the reactions of customers and like the comments that they even write on social media, no way this is back. And um, it's, it's just really exciting to see that. And then we kind of twisted it to where Hopstalker isn't available on draft at every uh, bar, but it is at just Fathead's location. So it kind of drives people to come to the Fathead's um, various locations to try that draft. So really just, um, I guess, kind of summarizing that one thing that you guys are really kind of doing is like making it almost like exclusive. So it's like you can get this exclusively at the store versus like exclusively at the tap room. Right. And yes. I, I noticed you guys do that with some different beers too. Like your, your tap room, that's one thing for somebody that's listening. Like if you're not from the Cleveland, Ohio area, um, Fatheads traditionally just from going into the tap room, like there's so many different beers that you guys have available on draft that, that you can't go get in the store. I mean, you guys do let people come in and get uh, crawler and crawler fills, which is, is great. But just, um, just thinking about the hop juju that you had mentioned, I saw you guys did like a mango or a mango, maybe pineapple. Hop juju, yes. pineapple and, mango. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. So it's you know creating like a reason for somebody to come in, and I know you guys have gotten me on that a few times where I'm like, ooh, I have to go stop in the tap room because they have this, and I can't get it at the store. So that's a great tactic. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely um, new. Again, not not entirely new, but just uh, we're sort of leaning and gravitating more towards that because that is been a way that again going back to the trial and error and just trying things that you wouldn't necessarily usually do but it, it has been successful and it's been great to kind of drive customers to come and visit us and one thing I want to add to that too just for everyone listening like if you're thinking like okay well that's creating scarcity and a product is is simple um but maybe like you have a service-based business or maybe you have some type of course or something like that. Like I'm just thinking about all the people that have online courses that like will open it up for certain times or maybe they'll say, hey, we only allow so many people. And um, I feel like that's something that someone with a course could easily do or even like a service-based business. Like maybe you offer like some type of extended warranty for a brief amount of time or maybe, you know, you give somebody something else half off that, you know, if they come to your location versus like just buying it online, you know, or they call you things like that. So there's things that people could be doing. So if you're listening and you're like, well, that's, well, that works for products. Cause I know that always goes through people's minds when they hear things on podcasts or videos, like, well, that works for a product-based business or that works for B2B, but doesn't work for B2C. Like, I just feel like it's that creativity. So like what you guys are doing, I think it's, it's nice, like, um, marketing tactics that other people have probably used, but you guys are using it very well for what you're doing. Yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> um, as far as the gift shop goes, because I know you guys have a gift shop at um, Middleburg Heights, and I don't know if there's gift shops at the other um, restaurants. I know there is in Pittsburgh, actually, because we've been to Pittsburgh um, within the last year. But um, do you guys do anything different for that? Like, are there specials that you can 
only get in the gift shop? And then also, do you guys have an online store for your gift shop? Is that like kind of a tactic having an e-commerce store? Yes. Uh, so great question with that too. The, so our Canton and North Olmstead locations, they have like a mini, mini type of a gift shop. It's by their host stand. So, you know, while you're waiting for a table, you can shop there. Um, the beer hall in, in Middleburg Heights has its own entity. It's a very large um, gift shop. And so we kind of treat it a little bit differently too than the restaurant because we have products that are uh, unique and just we have a little bit more space and more capacity to bring more products in. Um, so we try to come up with fun ways to promote products or fun ways to um, provide sales or, or, or something to engage with the customers to drive them into shopping with us. Uh, you know, people groan at the national holidays because every day there's a different holiday but our motto kind of right now for 2020 is like, you have to celebrate something in every day because if you don't, you're going to go just crazy. <laughs> um, so we definitely take advantage of every national holiday. And it's kind of funny because I, I'll look through them and send them out to the manager of the gift shop and then even our head chef. And there's some that I actually miss and they're like, you forgot about Key Lime Pie Day. And <laughs> We're going to be having Key Lime Pie Day on September 26th, so come in for that. Um, but that, it definitely resonates. And I think, it, you know, as much as you groan about it, you also kind of smile and chuckle. And uh, it, it has helped us in the gift shop, like on the 15th of the month, sometimes we'll do, if you buy a 15 pack of one of our beers, you get a free koozie. So just little things that kind of um, makes you want to visit for a different reason. And then we do have an online store too. Um, not all of the products that you see in the gift shop are available, which I know can be a little bit frustrating too, but we still kind of want to provide customers a reason to go and visit the different locations. So the main core products that you love and you want are online, but just some of the exclusive ones can only be found at certain locations. One thing I wanted to mention too, and I don't know if you guys are doing this. I know I, I'd heard that you might be again. Um, one of the things that I feel like when the pandemic first hit, you guys did as a nice quick pivot was the beer delivery service. And then also like, I know like you brought a lot of the coolers up front, you could still get growler fills and crawler fills. And if you wanted to pick them up, you could, or get them delivered. Are you guys still doing the delivery service? Is that something you guys have brought back? Sorry, I'm, I'm laughing because, so we did recently bring it back mm -hmm. and it lasted for about three weeks. Mm -hmm. um, there was such demand and the customers were asking questions, but here again lies what we've been saying about trial and error. Um, we, we were listening to the customer, we were hearing what they were saying, and so we brought it back and it just wasn't successful and it honestly was a little bit more work than it was help in a sense. Mm -hmm. So we decided to conclude that actually last week. And then it's funny because people are asking about it again. That's just how it goes. Um, but, you know, it, it was trial and error. It worked perfectly during the pandemic, but people right now are going out again. And I don't think that the service makes as much sense to have it right now. The biggest question we keep getting though is for food delivery. And it's, that's been tough for us because it's something that, again, we, we definitely take customer feedback into consideration. We want to accommodate everyone but it's it's hard to kind of please everyone at the same mm -hmm. token. So we're trying to come up with a way that possibly down the road. But for right now, it's kind of been put on pause. Well, I'm glad you shared that because that kind of was, that was one of my questions was, you know, what have you done that maybe didn't work as well that you guys maybe ended up, um, you know, to see? I mean, and obviously it works well. It's just something that isn't as feasible for you, which I, I think that's something that people need to take into consideration, too. Like things might be a home run. But just because they're a home run doesn't mean that it's going to be sustainable. Exactly. So exactly. that's, that's yeah. awesome. I, I appreciate you sharing that with us because I, I think that's just that's great advice, you know. And is there anything that you guys have seen like since you've started there all the way through now that you just consistently see? I mean, I know we've talked about social media, but consistently see working um, time and time again. And it's kind of like a nice go to for you if you have to get something out there. Oh, so in wow, words are hard again, sorry. Um, social media, definitely, we, we've chatted about that. And then we have seen success in the email blasts that we send to customers, um, but because, and this is, it sounds more of an excuse, but just because there's a lot happening right now, we haven't had the opportunity to stay up on the email blast as much as we would like to. It's definitely a goal that we wanna try and get back into. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that, you know, the convenience of having a message and anything you need, like on your phone is definitely the most successful for us and the most helpful. 
I think that goes back to our, our conversation before we even started the podcast talking about email lists and the importance of building yeah. email lists. And I'm sure you guys have, have been building that, you know, for a while now. Um, with that, though, just out of curiosity for maybe someone that's listening, are you guys sending out full on newsletters when you do a blast? Or is it like, hey, we have a new beer being released or, hey, here's our, our draft list for the week or, you know, things like that? Sure. So when we were on top of it and doing very, very well with keeping up with our newsletter, it would be almost like a monthly catch up on all the locations. So just different events that were happening at all the locations, what you could look forward to. And then for something that was a little bit more um, time sensitive and just like a quick thing, we would send out um, just for instance, like if Hop Juju was going to be released today, we would send out an email like, hey, don't forget to stop by Fat Heads and, and get this. Uh, one thing that like I, I kind of was sensitive to going back to M of Hope is I noticed the more emails I would send out almost kind of, I hate to say like, but spamming somebody's inbox, the more that they would be inclined to unsubscribe. Mm -hmm. So that's always been in the back of my head and coming into fat heads. I just want to be mindful that people's time is precious. And so you want to get the message out, but you also don't want to like drive them nuts to the point where they don't want to see another message from you ever again. So Again, trial and error learn. Don't do that so that this works. No, that's great advice. That's actually something that we've been, we, we kind of brought our newsletter back for a little while and then we haven't been on top of it as much just because everything going on. But one of the things I've been contemplating about doing is getting rid of the newsletter altogether and maybe just doing a blast when, you know, a new podcast comes out or do a blast when we put a new video out or something like that. So like, it might be a little more frequently, but kind of like to like your your point with the hop juju, like, hey, it's something that instead of sending you this whole thing that kind of breaks everything down, like here's a bunch of stuff that we found interesting for you to learn from once a month. We just send you that one piece of content and then you can go to that. So yeah, I think that that's, that's great that you guys are using that for the um, to like for your new releases and that. So I don't yeah. think I'm subscribed to this newsletter. So this is going to have to be something I subscribe to. <laughs> we'll remedy that. We'll fix that up. <laughs> Another thought that we actually were kind of brainstorming to just um, like a wish list that we create uh, for down the road is um, a blog too. almost having like a blog on our website where these little bits of information, if you're not subscribed and are not really into getting emails um, or, or more emails, I should say, in your inbox, you could go to the blog portion of the website and sort of keep up to date on anything that's happening. So it's kind of like a wish list and something we're thinking about adding mm -hmm. and again just trying it for something different because we don't have that feature right now on our website and maybe it'll connect with customers in a, a better way are you thinking more like um more like just you guys doing more of your updates or are you actually thinking about writing full-on blogs or or things like that a little bit of both like we were even talking uh during the pandemic about um ways to reuse our products so not just for drinking but for baking or cooking so kind of yeah. like having recipes featured like we we used to send that out in the email but almost having like a go-to part on the website again mm -hmm. and then even um fun ways to recycle the cans people are so creative i was on facebook the other day and it was part of the i think it was the northeast ohio craft brewer group and uh, somebody took cans and uh, took their ceiling tiles out and actually made like a ceiling tile out of just different beer cans, which I was like, that's really cool looking yeah. and wouldn't have thought of that, but just kind of finding cool ways to show how you can take a growler or a crowler or our cans and make art out of it. People are so creative and it, it should be showcased. I feel like more. Yeah, that's, I think it's a great idea. Actually, I, and I don't know if this is something you guys would consider, but I, I think this is kind of neat just because of being in the facility and seeing what different people do, but it would be cool if you guys even had like a monthly spotlight where maybe it was a staff member or somebody got a chance to like write about something. So maybe, you know, it could be like, you know, I, using Matt Cole, for example, like maybe like a barbecue recipe and like how that applies to beer, but even like maybe somebody else, like maybe you guys have a brewer that wants to talk about like, you know, even outside of uses for the cans, like if you're going to homebrew, maybe there's like something that they can add, or maybe they want to talk right. about cooking or something like that. That's a great idea. Yeah. It'd be a great Sorry. way to get to meet your staff. You know, that's just, that's kind of, I mean, I feel like that's the one thing that I've realized from doing video is like, everybody has a story. Everyone has something to share. And I feel like being able to tap into that and like really get a chance to get somebody to share something, um, provides a really unique perspective. You guys have a lot of, you know, people working there and, 
they do a great job. And I mean, just watching, like when I go there to eat, I'm watching people brew and things like that. And I'm like, man, I'm like, this is, it, it would be hard for me not to drink and eat the entire time I'm there. So I give them a lot of credit. <laughs> So that's yeah that's like really great idea and exactly kind of what you said we you know we used to do a, a staff spotlight it kind of went on pause but just a way to get to know people in more of an in-depth way than like what's your favorite beer that you drink here and you know where do you like to drink it it kind of just dives deeper into who who our staff is who our fathead's family is that's yeah. great yeah definitely i mean and you guys have so many salespeople too i think because you have a lot of like not just locally but there's like regional like because you guys are in a bunch of different states right Yes. Yeah. So that would be something I think that's kind of cool too. Like maybe like if you go to like, you're talking to somebody that's maybe in Southern Ohio, like what's your favorite place to go grab food when you're out on the road? Or I just, I just think there's so many cool things that all of the people that work with you guys could probably talk about. No, that's, that's so true. Here we are brainstorming. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) So we've talked a lot about, you know, um, the M of hope strategy versus the fat heads. Are there any key takeaways that you got um, from marketing both that, you know, just you can kind of share to summarize? Yeah, you know, I, I, social media, I, I bring it up a lot, but definitely it, it, it connects with people. And I think it's a convenient way to get your messaging across. So for both, for both Emma Pope and Fatheads, I definitely encourage people to utilize uh, social media platforms. And again, um, y- you know, like, M of Hope on Twitter wasn't as successful as I'm noticing Fatheads is on Twitter. So it, it's it sounds cliche, but it's just about trying and not being afraid if it doesn't work. You know, hey, it doesn't work. Let's try something else to make it work. Um, but I, I definitely encourage uh, to try different social media platforms. And then we sort of, we talked about email blasts as well. And networking groups are great if you see. I know like right now there's a lot of virtual ones, which doesn't help necessarily like meeting people in person, but it's still there. There are great ways to, to get your name out there, to get your brand out there. And honestly to brainstorm, um, because again, every, we're all in this together. And I don't think, you know, I think it's almost flattering when you see someone take something that you've created or, or that you've done and replicate it, but make it work for yourself. I think that it's a, a great way to kind of help um, make brands grow and we're all on, again in this together and we want to see the success of one another. So definitely encourage networking groups. That's, that's really, really huge. Right. Now is a, a good time for collaboration rather than just focusing on competition because everybody's just trying to, to get by right now. Absolutely. Um, are there any things that work better that you found with a larger brand versus a smaller brand? And I mean, we, we kind of again chatted on, um, responding back to people and uh, answering them. I think that people, no matter if your, your business is small or big, but they want to, they want to hear from you and they want to have their questions answered and their voices be heard. So I definitely, um, I, I think staying on top of the answering customers and being communicative with them is, is very, very helpful too. Absolutely. Um, and then are there any marketing tactics that work you know, no matter what size of the brand, I know you talked about social media is important, no matter what you said, you know, being, being, you know, responsive to your customers is important, no matter what, was there anything else there, general marketing tactics that you just think are, you know, are are pretty um, hopeful, you know, pretty, uh, you can count on them reliably to work no matter what size your company is? Yeah, I, I know we haven't really chatted much about it, but um, press releases, I think are are huge too. Um, getting the word out to, uh, a journalist or, or uh, even radio or anyone that can just help um, get your messaging out or, or get whatever your brand is trying to promote at that time out is huge. Uh, that was something too that just quick aside, but you know, when I started at M of Hope, I, I kept trying and I kept trying and you never hear back. But then I'm also noticing too on the larger scale, you don't always hear back, but it's better to have tried than to just not because you don't know if maybe it's a slower news day and they need something and they might reach out to you and be like, Hey, we're coming by today, but the camera crew be ready. And you're like, all right, this is, this is great. This is what we need. So um, press releases are, are very, very helpful too. Yes, definitely. I mean, with my background, you know, in, in, um, uh, being part of, of, of a publication. Um, I do know that sometimes even if you don't respond back, you know, you might file that idea away and, and, um, in, and, you know, keep it in mind for the future. So it's definitely important to make sure the media is aware of you and, um, and really just, you know, from that and the networking, it sounds like, you know, taking advantage of people with different audiences than yours or 
greater audiences than yours is really key to in, in expanding your marketing efforts. So those are some wonderful um, comparisons be- between the two. And I think it's really awesome that you have experience in both and can kind of tie them both together for best practices. Thank you. One thing too, just thinking about like what you were just saying, Kathy, and like, and maybe Megan, you can talk to talk to this. You already did with um, M of Hope, like collaborative things, like Save the Brubies. Like, is there stuff that you guys do with Fatheads that's like collaborative? I mean, I've seen you guys like work with other breweries to like produce beers, but is that kind of a good way to take advantage of their audience? They could take advantage of your audience. And you guys can introduce people to different brands. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. I know I, I mentioned like the community alone is very, very kind and and, and generous and very very, very supportive of us, but um, the, the fellow breweries are amazing too. Uh, we did a virtual happy hour with, um, I think it was seven different breweries total. And it was just a lot of fun uh, to, to hang out with the different brewers and um, it just, they all spoke complimentary of one another, but uh, kind of what you mentioned, like we're doing, I can share now, um, but we're doing a collaborative, a collaborative beer um, with Market Garden for the month of October for Breast Cancer Awareness. So that's going to be coming out soon. And um, Matt actually mentioned that he would love to do more collaboration brews. It's just sort of about making that time. But Cleveland is amazing as far as having so many different craft breweries that you could go to and support. And it's just even better when they unite and create something awesome. And yeah. That's exciting. I'm actually really excited to, uh, I like Market Garden as well. I I like Fatheads a little more. Um, but I definitely enjoy Market Garden beer, so I'll definitely have to check that out when that gets released. Yeah, and it's, again, going to a great cause kind of for, you know, we're trying to be creative mm-hmm. um, and having events with what's going on. So it's uh, to raise money for the American Cancer Society. So we're trying, again, you know, collaborate and then find uh, a way to donate and give back to the community, too. I know you guys did a brew last year. Um, just I, I think it was just Fatheads. Maybe like you, I don't think you guys collaborated with anybody, but I remember you had a brew last year that was um, giving money back as well. So I think that's really exciting. Yeah, yeah. Um, we we try our best to give back to the community as much as possible. So we're actually doing. Um, I think you might be talking about a special wish ale, yes. which gives back to childhood cancer. So we're going to be doing that again this year too. So something else to look forward to. Well, and I know you guys used to have the uh, the Trailhead IPA, right? Was going to the yes. Metro Parks and that, and yeah, yeah, exactly. We just want to give back to the community that supports us. It's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Um, I guess one thing I wanted to kind of sum everything up, you know, since you've gone through so much different stuff for us, um, if you could give our listeners one piece of advice, um, and it might be something we already mentioned, but like just kind of, I guess getting it all together, the whole thought process, like in terms of marketing, what's one thing that you would give a small business owner say, this is something you should definitely focus on? Um, definitely would tell a small business owner to not be afraid to take a risk and try. I mean, you, you're doing that too, is having a small business. Um, I, I would definitely recommend, um, I, I spoke it before, but just communicating with your customer and, and being transparent and, and open with them. And then, I think, you know, we mentioned before we started recording the podcast too, I'm a person that loves to plan and it's sometimes uncomfortable to not be able to stick with the plan or to not even necessarily have a plan B or C because things are just very chaotic right now. So I think um, just taking a minute to breathe and check in on yourself and make sure that, you know, everything's going to work out and then just kind of diving back in and and strategizing to make the next thing work. So it's, it's hard because I, I don't think you in marketing right now, especially have a plan with anything because everything is so up in the air mm-hmm. but just taking risks and trying that's great advice i think taking risks is probably one of the big things especially for anyone listening that's a small business owner or a business owner in general like you've taken a risk by starting a business so why not take a risk on you know your marketing and seeing what works and what doesn't work and i mean even sales anything like that taking risks in your business should be part of your overall i guess business strategy you have to leave room for risk Exactly. Yeah. And then if you could pick one way to market, if you only had one option, like you can only market one way forever, like what is one type of marketing you would choose? I I think I would gravitate towards social media. And then if you want to be even more specific, and this is a tough one, I would almost say Instagram 
just because you get a lot of like the best of all the worlds almost on that platform. And I think that lately more than ever, it's been a little bit more successful to us than other, other social medias, but I would definitely say social media and, and maybe Instagram. That's great advice. And that, that's a good point that you make. Cause if you think about it, like you have your actual, like, you know, your posts that you could post for pictures, you could post videos, you have your story, you have your ability to go live, you have IGTV, now you have reels. There's so many different things that you can really do on there. Yeah. And even like the voting or, you know, asking people, guess what's, ask us this question or, or anything like that. It just really kind of ups that engagement with your customer base. Yeah, that's great advice. Thank you for sharing that. Of course. Thank you for asking. Well, thank you so much, Megan. I mean, your your insight is so broad and I, I love, you know, how, you know, you, you a lot of marketing, you know, you, you can go to school for marketing, but a lot of it is just self-taught in, in real life, seeing what works and, you know, talking to other people. And um, like I said, I think your, your um, knowledge base is so well-rounded um, because of all the experience you've had um, personally and then, you know, also uh, with a, a team as well. So really cool hearing from you. Um, and thank you again for sharing all your experiences with, the, experiences with us. And we can't wait to have you back again. <laughs> well, it's always so much fun talking to both of you. So thank you for having me on again. So we hope everyone listening found this episode helpful as well. Again, our goal is to help you navigate your marketing for your business, especially in video, uh, which is why we encourage you to send us your thoughts and questions and any other topics you might want to hear us discuss on the podcast to info at flexmediacle.com or feel free to hit us up on social media channels. We're at flexmediacle on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Yeah, thank you so much everyone for listening. Thank you, Megan, for taking the time. Of and, course, thank uh, you. Yeah, like we, I, I really am excited to have you back on. Every time you come on, you do provide a lot of great insight. Um, everyone that is listening, we really would appreciate it if you would leave us a rating. Let us know how we're doing on your podcast platform that you're using. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Podbean. And actually, now we're on Amazon Alexa, which is, seems to be a lot of people listening on. So thank you for listening there. But feel free to subscribe if you found this episode helpful and you want to get notified the next time there's an episode. And just let us know how we've been doing. So thanks so much for taking the time. And we'll talk to you all later. Thanks for listening to Watch Time. Make sure to subscribe and share the podcast and leave us feedback on today's episode. That's a wrap.